Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Gotta make hay while the sun shines. What's this? This is Hello, Sunshine. What if by sharing our stories, we could change the world? Welcome to Hello, Sunshine. Hello, listeners. Sophia Bush here, and this is And Especially You, stories for all of us. This episode is about speaking uncomfortable truths. It's the hardest thing to do, and it's always the right thing to do. Being on tour with so many strong and thoughtful women reminded me again and again of the power of using our own voices, even if they might shake a little. When you're surrounded by love and strength and compassion and people who care about standing up to inequality and justice, it's pretty easy to find your voice. And it feels great to use it. But what about those times when you're the only one in the room who thinks something is wrong and you need to speak up? When you feel small, outnumbered, or overpowered? When you know the people in charge aren't going to be happy about what you have to say? How do you get back into that power? How do you say it anyway? Lavi Ajayi is the woman to answer these questions and so many more. She likes to call herself a professional troublemaker and oh my friends, she is in the most incredible way. She's a deeply tender person, but she'll also tell you what she thinks in no uncertain terms. So of course I love her. You may know her from her book, I'm Judging You, The Do Better Manual, her blog, Awesomely Lovey, or her podcast, Rants and Randomness. If you don't, you get to know her right now, and I promise you, you'll thank me later. Last year, I was minding my business, like I tend to do. When I got an email from a conference, they were like, hey, we'd love for you to come to Amsterdam to speak. And I said, cool, cool. Here's my manager. So my manager talks to them, tells them my fee, tells them it's going to include travel and accommodations. And then they reply back and say, well, Here's the thing, we can't pay Lovey. She'll get great exposure. <laughs> so I said, well, since y'all came to me, clearly I'm already exposed. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, let me do some research real quick. Because one cool thing about having a wolf pack of women behind you, which I tend to roll with, is that we talk. So I'm part of this thing called The List, which is a list of powerful women in business, media, tech. And we use each other as a resource. We talk. We exchange information. If somebody's having a bad day, we talk about it. But we're also bosses. So I walked in there. I said, you know, hey, has anyone ever been asked to speak at this conference? Have you been asked to speak for free? In 15 minutes, the women came back with information because people went digging, right? So... What I ended up getting back was, oh, I talked to my boy who spoke there last year, my white friend, and they bought his books and paid his way there. Oh, I was asked to speak there last year. They paid my travel. So I realized a pattern after like 15 people responded. White men were paid to be there. White women got their travels paid for. Black women were asked to pay their way there. You want me to grace your stage and pay my way to Amsterdam, my G? I'm not doing it. So... In that moment, I was like, yo, there's some serious pay inequality happening here. That's a hierarchy, like a clear hierarchy. I have the facts. And this is not okay. 
So I talked to my agents, and I was like, I think I want to talk about this on Twitter. My agents freaked out. Because, <laughs> you know, if I don't make money, they don't make money. So they were like, no, if you do this, you might be considered a professional troublemaker, which I already am, okay? <laughs> But they're like, what if other conferences see you talk about this and decide to disinvite you from coming? So I said, I understand that. That is a risk. But then I had to think. I've been speaking professionally for the last 10 years. I've been on some pretty big stages. I've been at the Obama White House. Obama White House. I have interviewed Oprah, okay? If that ain't the one, okay? So I was like, I've been in these rooms. I've been on these grand stages. If I can't speak up about this, who can? Sure, this is actually really risky because, whew, If I get less speaking engagements, I'm gonna have to get a new business model. <laughs> But I was like, I have to do this, because if not me, then who can do this, who can tell this truth? So I go on Twitter, and I didn't, again, I was being nice. I didn't even mention the name of the conference. Well, people put two and two together, because I also didn't really cloud it. <laughs> I was like, there's this conference in Europe that's a tech conference that's really massive. People was like, ah, yes, I know that one. And I was like, this is what is essentially happening. And people started, more women started talking about stories about their pay inequality. This one woman said her and her brother were asked to speak at the same conference in China. Her brother was offered $20,000 and a private jet to take him there. She was offered nothing because they said they paid no speakers. So everyone started telling their stories because of course, we've all been in the times when our worth was not identified. Well, because I am also, again, the list, there happened to be a Forbes reporter who was in the list, who said, can I write a piece about this? Would you go on record? My agents legit freaked out then. They were like, girl! <laughs> and I was like, you know what, yeah, why not? Let's do this. Let's talk about the people who engage in this practice that is completely unfair, completely discriminatory. So when the Forbes piece came out, What happened was the head of the conference ended up sending me a dog whistle email that said, maybe if you were in an urban demographic, you could command your fee. Well, that ended up also being updated in the Forbes piece. <laughs> And I think about how much he proved my point. He proved the exact point of why I spoke up. He really like doubled down on it, and it made people be like, oh my God, this is crazy. Some people actually pulled out from speaking at this conference. This was a moment, this was a moment for me because I remember how scared people were for me, how scared I was for myself to stand in this gap and to speak this truth. I was legit laying stuff on the line. I could have lost so much money over this. But I realized, you know what, if I did lose money, it's a sacrifice I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. Because again, if I can't be the one, and I've been in this position for a long time, and I have the privilege to have graced some stages that blew my mind, am I expecting the person who just started last week to speak up about this? No, I have to take that. So when I talk about speaking truth to power, that story is important because the things that I'm telling you, I'm not telling you because I haven't done it myself. I do it every day. I consider the truth being like when you skydive. I remember the moment before I skydived, and I sit at the edge of the plane, and I was like, ooh, I've done some dumb things in my life, this is one of them. <laughs> I shouldn't do it. 
But then when I did it and I lost my breath for the two seconds, but then after the two seconds, everything calmed down and I was able to look around and realize the beauty of the earth around me and I realized this was the best thing you were supposed to do. Telling the truth is like that. People assume folks like me who are known as truth tellers, who are known as the honest folks, just do it without thinking about it, without thinking twice, without consequence, we just do it. No, that joint is scary every time. Every single time. I remember I was writing a piece about somebody who's bigger than me and I was like, bro, you can lose money here. <sighs> do it anyway. It is a practice. Telling the truth is a practice. But the thing is, we don't know how to tell the small truth, so when it's time to tell the big truths, we completely don't have the words for it. For example, when your friend asks you, do you like my haircut, and her haircut is jacked, <laughs> you instantly say yes just to protect the harmony in the room, right? You're like, yeah, girl, and then she takes a picture, sees herself on Instagram, and is like, really? You let me go out like that? So in the moments when you can tell small truths, when it's time to tell a big one, like the fact that the United States does not love black and brown people, you're able to say it, right? When you are in a moment where the truth can make or break, you won't be so out of words because you're used to doing it. Start with the small stuff. Start in the meetings when somebody's like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And you're like, mm, I'm not gonna say anything because this is not my job. Start in those moments when you're like, hey, yeah, I don't think that story is gonna land in the way it should land. I do not think we should go forward with it. We think about like big truths like, let me make a grand statement on a grand stage. No, 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 it's the one that is day by day that matters the most. Your work and your world is important, your world. Okay, so when I see people on Facebook and on Twitter ranting about what's happening in the world, if you can rant to strangers all over the place, you can caps, caps, caps behind a keyboard, but the person sitting in front of you who's making homophobic jokes or racist jokes or transphobic jokes, who you don't tell, hey, that's not appropriate, then what is, what is the rant for? We're always thinking about the truth and these big ideas of like, oh, grand gesture. No, the people that you see in person who are not behind a screen, those are the ones that deserve your truth the most. Those are the ones you're supposed to tell, you know what, I'm not okay with that joke. Or, you know, you're kind of a jerk right now because that's not even appropriate. But we don't even do those because we are afraid of discomfort. We act like discomfort will kill us. So in the meeting, when you don't speak up and say that's a terrible idea, it's because you know it's gonna make the room tense. You know instantly it might suck the air out of the room because somebody's like, oh, how dare you challenge my grand idea? But let me tell you, let the room be stuffy. Do you die from stuffy? No. Let it be uncomfortable for three minutes, for 10 minutes, for 30. Let's do this blank stare game. Hi, it's a bad idea. I'm doing this for the greater good of this team. That's not gonna work well. Let people be uncomfortable. It does not kill you. Get used to that discomfort. Get used to people being like, wow, I, I feel challenged, yes. Because you know what happens when you challenge people? They rise to the occasion often. When you walk in the room and they know I instantly have to be better because she's gonna call me out on it, the rooms that you're in instantly get better. Be the challenger, be the gatekeeper of truth who is committed to making sure people are their best selves. I already know the people who I love will always challenge me. 
So I'm not just being good just for me. I'm being good so they don't come for me <laughs> with love, and they will. I'm being good so I can look at myself in the mirror so then I can challenge the next person. But we're so afraid of discomfort that we will take comfort over justice. And then we find ourselves in this moment in our society where things are a dumpster fire and we wonder how they got here because good people were afraid to tell the truth. I need us to move that aside. You're not gonna stop being afraid. Don't think you're gonna be fearless. I don't think fearless just means you're gonna do it without fear. I say fearless means you're afraid, but you do it anyway. You push past the fear because the means justifies the end. So my hope is that with me telling the truth constantly, with other truth tellers like the folks on these stages, that it forces more of us to tell the truth so it stops being extraordinary. So it becomes the expectation. Who here is gonna join me in committing to tell more truths? All right, thank you. More truths all around. I love that message. And I believe in it with my whole heart that the more of us who tell the truth, it will stop being extraordinary and it will become the expectation. When I first started speaking out and doing work around issues I care about, I had a lot of people tell me that this was a bad idea, that it could be unpopular and that I should just stay in my little actor box, sit down, be quiet, look pretty. And that was scary. But I knew that the truth mattered. I knew that if I didn't do something with a platform, I'd be wasting it. And, and it felt like a bigger purpose than my fear. So I said, no, watch me. And I have been saying no ever since because truth is a fire that sustains you and it is contagious. And hey, Lovey's right. Speaking truth to power is also really terrifying. When I quit a job recently, I, I had some very real and legitimate and disturbing reasons to leave. That story could fill up a whole other podcast. And the powers that be attempted to prevent me from speaking my truth. They didn't want me to talk about it. And when faced with that choice, I said no. I'm not gonna give up my First Amendment rights for you or anyone else. And if you think I should, I guess we can go to court. It's a really terrifying thing to threaten powerful people with any kind of legal action. It's not something I ever woke up wanting to do, but I knew that I was speaking the truth and that I had to do it, even though my voice was shaking. And you know what? Because I stood up, they backed down. Isn't it wild? how calling out the truth can be the thing that forces change. Now, I know that reality is complicated and not everyone is in a position to do this. And, and that's even more reason why those of us who get to points where we can, where we can take on more risk, should. Because just like Lovey said, the more of us who tell the truth, the more that other people know they can too. Truth-telling is contagious, and I honestly believe it's how we're going to make this world a better place. We're back next week to talk about being your whole self with the incomparable Bozma St. John. She was laying next to me sleeping, and I was looking at her like, the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I didn't plan to do this by myself. 
If you like the conversations we're having here at, and especially you, visit us on all the socials, at Hello Sunshine, at Together Live Events. You can come say hi to me, at Sophia Bush, and make sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps new people find our show and hear these stories too. On this episode of And Especially You, you heard from Lovey Ajayi and me, Sophia Bush. I'm going to be making rooms uncomfortable wherever and whenever I see the need. And I'll do it with love. Lovey taught me that. I hope you'll all join us. And Especially You is a production of Hello Sunshine by Together Live. Our podcast producer is Sarah Pellegrini.